Welcome to episode eight of the Sten Morgan podcast, where we help financial professionals like you recognize and reach your potential faster. In today's episode, Sten shares one of our several meeting superpowers. Whiteboarding is a term Sten uses to talk about anytime you illustrate an idea by hand in a client meeting on a whiteboard. It's a method of communicating and teaching that is rarely, if ever, taught in the financial services industry. Uh, whiteboarding is a key ingredient to creating a high closing rate among advisors in our lead advisor network. And today we're going to go into great detail on how to implement it into your business and planning. Remember to visit stenmorgan.com eight, that's the number eight, to find links to the tools Sten uses to whiteboard with his clients. And if you'd like to learn more whiteboard ideas, then I invite you to visit stenmorgan.com E-A-N to apply to join our Elite Advisor Network. We'd love to have you. That's stenmorgan.com E-A-N. Now, here's today's conversation. Stan, thank you for joining us. And again, uh, it's, it's great to see you. Thanks, bud. Well, we've had some great, great reviews. People have left. Uh, we haven't paid for any. I think you can do that, but we haven't, just so you know, if there's no budget line for paid reviews. Uh, we've gotten some great reviews from folks. So I just want to begin the show by saying thank you for those who have left reviews on on Apple. Um, it's sort of Apple's way of saying, okay, you're legit. So uh, especially a lot of uh, Lead Advisor Network uh, members have been leaving reviews and uh, thoughtful ones, uh, specific to things we've helped them with, and and also just some new listeners and gotten some unsolicited emails this week from some listeners uh, with some questions and also just some kind words. So thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we, we, we know you're listening. We've, we're watching the download numbers and they're growing. And, and so thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing it with others. And uh, today we're going to talk about a, a topic that I think is, it's it's just, I haven't heard very many people talk about it. It's, it's uh, it, I was thinking about analogies this morning as I was driving in. It, it's sort of like if you played baseball and someone's like, did you know you can steal bases? I'm like, what? You can steal? You can just run? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, that's a massive advantage that if you don't know about it, mm-hmm. you're missing out big time. Yep. So today, as we talk about a meeting superpower, and there's more that we'll talk about uh, in the future, but this one is whiteboarding. And first of all, what what is whiteboarding by definition? What would you, how would you describe it to those who you know, maybe, maybe aren't familiar with the term within this context of being an advisor? I'd say it's using in the moment illustrations to communicate an idea. The client isn't walking in and you have a completed whiteboard. Uh, the client's not walking in and you have a bunch of printed handouts. Uh, the client's not walking in and, and the whole meeting is you just talking to them. Right. It, it's a it's a different way to do it. So why is whiteboarding not – well, let me, let me back up. What What is the industry standard of how you communicate ideas to clients? What, what are two or three different ways that the industry says, well, if you're going to – sell something, then you need to give them this piece of paper, this piece of paper, this piece of paper, generally. Uh, if it's insurance, it's an illustration. And maybe you 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 print a copy out for each of you, you know? <laughs> Some don't even do that. They have one for themselves. They turn it around and kind of point to things. Uh-huh. Uh, you could put some things up on a, a TV in there where it's, again, more data, uh, portfolio performance or, or risk tolerance. Right. Or, we're just presenting data to them. And I think the issue, and I mean, you've talked about this before, is that the more you know about something, yeah, typically the worse you are at communicating it. In, in a simplistic level, yeah, right? Because yeah. you're bringing so much to the table. You know, the more books you've read, the more ideas you have, you've, yeah. you've filled all these gaps in that when it comes out of your mouth, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to you it sounds complete. Yeah. 
But to the person, it just could just... It's a different experience. Oh, fly over their head and they just... (laughs) I'm laughing because yesterday after work, I went home. I live on a cul-de-sac and we were playing wiffle ball. Like, don't tell the city of Spring Hill, Tennessee, but I painted bases on the end of our cul-de-sac on the the pavement, on the street. And we're playing wiffle ball and and these kids just want to play wiffle ball, right? But I'm a baseball coach and so I go into coaching mode. And somebody's like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're playing teaching ball. <laughs> and like, they just came up for it because we weren't playing anymore. We were like, it was a different, I overcomplicated it was yeah. the point. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're not playing regular. We're playing teaching with Mr. Andy. You know what I mean? It was a different experience, <laughs> yeah. but I wasn't, because I was too smart. I wasn't just simplifying it, yeah, right? So let me ask you this. How does it position you differently when you are whiteboarding? And by the way, whiteboarding could be a whiteboard. It could be a glass board. We're going to have some links on the episode at stenmorgan.com uh, slash eight. Actually, stenmorgan.com slash then the number eight uh, will be linked to this episode. But uh, so it, we'll have all the re- all the tools we use. But how does it position you differently as an advisor? Because I think this is a fundamental difference that people don't understand when you literally stand up with a whiteboard marker in your hand and you start to write how it changes the dynamic of the meeting. You instantly become a coach. Uh, you're teaching in the moment, and mm-hmm. experts can do that. It it doesn't take a lot to spend a bunch of time, days, printing reports ahead of time and putting a binder together, bringing a client in, putting it in front of them, and walking them through it. Mm-hmm. That's what most of the industry does. You've told me some things. I came up with some ideas. Here you go. What do you think? And and the and I, I guarantee you, our approach is better. And we're not the only ones doing it. We've learned it from somebody else and we've made it our own. Right. And the way we know that is our close rate. Yeah. And feedback from clients. Yeah. I've never had a meeting like this before. I literally heard someone walk out yesterday. This is, you know, we're recording this mid-April, but someone walked out and it was, I feel like she said it before, but she said something like, this is the only time I like talking about money or something like that. (laughs) You know, she's like, it was, it was to that, it was that, I mean, literally it's like, Yep. I was like, I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's collaborative. It's on the fly. Yeah. And again, you have to view yourself as the product and be ready for that. That doesn't mean you always have the answer to every question right away. You say, hey, great, great question. Let me do some research on that. Right. But if I can be standing up in a room, taking questions, answering it, illustrating it, I mean, that it just provides a different experience for the client. Yeah. Then, and, and this is if whether you think you're doing it or not, they're feeling it. They're being sold something. Yes. Yes. If you are, here's some handouts. Here's the product. Here's the fee structure. Here's the history of our firm. Like that is rehearsed and robotic. Yeah. And and from a consumer standpoint, they understand and they feel like they're part of a process. And that, that doesn't feel good. What they want is an exchange of ideas. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about ideas later. But I think advisors have to get really good at, at trying to imagine themselves as a client. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I would be a tough client. If I walked into a room and I was somebody showed me four handouts and pointed at the words in front of me and repeated them to me. It's like, no, I can read. Like, right. I don't need you to tell me what I'm looking at. Yeah, why is this special to me? Why does this relate to me and my family? Yeah. Yeah, what's different about me than anyone else that's going to come in after me or before me? Yep. And we it, all want to feel special. I may still do the thing if I know I needed it, but it would be in spite of whoever is presenting it to me. <laughs> yeah. I would see the idea for valuable and I would do it. It's it's how, Can you move people to act that maybe wouldn't? Mm. Because they're they're in a moment of crisis or just have to do something. Hey, yeah. I need a term insurance policy. Will you get it for me? Sure, great, thanks. That's not a reflection of you as an advisor. That's a transaction. Right? Can you get somebody in your office that's unsure of their problems? You identify and help them put them in hierarchy of like, oh, I didn't know that problem was that big. 
and then move them to act. And that requires something totally different. So one way that we we teach our advisors about this in the Elite Advisor Network is that you need to go from having a sales transaction to having a teaching transaction. Because what happens is when someone teaches you, that's a very generous thing. Mm -hmm. Someone's taking their knowledge and pouring it into you, which you can then pour into other people. I mean, you can have a lot of different opinions about teachers, but I don't know how many teachers I would call selfish. <laughs> like that's like, no, they're that not a lot of selfish people going to teaching, right? Yeah. So the posture is that it positions you as a teacher instead of a salesperson. Yeah. And teachers are, you know, when you hear about teach, it's like, oh, you're, you're generous, but you also have to be an expert, right? Teachers can't teach unless they know more than the student, right? And the salesperson might know more than might know more than the customer. Likely they do, but you don't get a great feeling by that exchange versus teaching. So it creates a dynamic meeting experience. That's that's something that I've I've heard a lot of people talk about. Is I just don't have meetings like this. It's much more dynamic. One thing that you've mentioned to me is that it helps people pay attention mm-hmm. when you're not just sitting across from each other for forty five minutes or an hour. When you and it's not just paper pushing it back and forth. Physically, when someone stands up in a room, it changes the dynamic of the room. It changes the mood of the room, and it it can feel off the cuff, but it doesn't. It's not off the cuff, but tell me about maybe an example of, it it feels like an even exchange of ideas. It feels like, well, you know, what's, give me some of the phrasing you use where you're like, you say something about like, do you mind if I draw this out or something like that? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, and I have the the markers there and, and I don't really ask for permission to teach them something. Mm -hmm. I will clarify. I think you say something like, well, let me show you this. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, have you have you heard of this before? Or has somebody illustrated that idea to you before? Do you really understand that? This might be helpful. And that all of a sudden I'm up and right. I'm standing there. I don't necessarily stand over them in a posture where I'm just talking. No, 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 no. I'll probably sit back down and have a conversation. But if I can get back up, the energy in the room stays at a higher level longer. Right. Then, I mean, I look back at some of the meetings I used to have with these illustrations, oh. and you could just probably feel it just like, oh, yeah. I'm losing them. Their eyes are open, but they've, I, they're sleeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they leave most of our clients now like, okay, when should we meet again? Yeah. Uh, if I say, hey, we need to meet next week, most of our clients are like, yeah, because yeah. If, if we're going to do that again, I'll make time for that. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to come here and you're going to show me another mutual fund illustration or term policy, let's, let's wait a couple months. And, yeah. and so close rate's big. How quickly do clients agree to meetings? All that stuff is a reflection of what's the experience they're having. Yeah. So another thing that I want to encourage folks to do, if you're going to use this tool, get a good tool. Meaning, like we have, uh, we have a six by four. I think. I think it's a six by four. Sounds right. Uh, yeah. Foot uh, glass board, uh, professionally installed because it's it's a it's a beast. Uh, we have this marker brand that we really love. Again, go to stenmorgan.com/slash eight the number eight to to find the links to these, but. They're really good markers. I know it sounds silly, but it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna have it, make it make it be good. Uh, and that that it is that the room is designed to have this be really the place that's sort of like the conversation, right? Um, and and so it's an expectation. You know, people people have that expectation when they get involved in the meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that you do really well is you take and you make it specific. You you say, listen, let's not just talk about this from a 10,000 foot view, let's get granular and say, what does this look like for you specifically? How often do you talk about and quantify the idea? I mean, when you say, hey, this is over the next five years, this means $50,000. Do you write 50 and then circle it? I mean, how do you, how do you quantify the idea, the ideas on the board? 
yeah, I'll use I'll be as specific as I can. Uh, and and that means I take liberties as well. If this is a first meeting, I believe that if I'm generous with somebody and I give them something, give them something, give them something, and then at some point say, hey, here's something. I'm asking you for something now. Yeah. yeah. Much different interaction than, hey, trust me, give me something, and I'm going to deliver value later. So, and advisors, so what you're talking about, sorry to interrupt, is you're saying that you will share ideas of things they should be doing right right out the gate versus going, well, I don't want to tell them because they might go somewhere else and do it. Yeah. Which most of, I, I had that fear in the past. What if I give them this idea, they do it themselves, or they have a, a secret advisor <laughs> a building over, and they're like, hey, I'm going to go steal this guy's idea. Like, that's just not really happening. But it was a scarcity mentality. Right. And so when I get in a meeting, if I if I hear a concept or an idea, and these are all rehearsed and practiced, I just have gotten really good at identifying here's a place where I can plug this in. And so it feels very natural now, yeah. but it didn't initially. Yeah. Um, I will use any numbers they give me to plug into the the scenario that I have already run through a hundred times. And right. So if that's they're funding a SEP with X dollars or their estate plan is potentially going to cross this threshold – I can quickly fill in the gaps to give them an idea of like, this is something we need to talk more about. Right. And if this is unaddressed, here's the potential issue you could have on your hands. Outside of that, if I'm just saying, hey, pay less taxes, fund these accounts, there's no urgency there. I've, le- I've left a lot out. And, and not only is there not any urgency, I think that most of the time, you know, you're, you're, meeting, you're meeting with intelligent people, but this is a different, this is a different ball game. And so, do them the favor of and the courtesy of visually explaining it. You know, um, I want to. I want to have you who, who are listening sort of follow along with us for just a moment. And again, we're, we're we don't have this on video, but I want you to, as you hear me say these numbers, think about writing them down. You don't have to write them down, but just think about if you if I said, hey, write down the numbers zero, twenty five, fifty, seventy five, and a hundred. And obviously, it's increments of twenty five. But but then imagine someone in front of you drawing a vertical line down and then that same line over to the right and then taking a, a line at, at where those two lines meet you know, and writing a diagonal where it splits it. You're doing the exact same thing except for you're doing a drawing, right? You do three lines showing growth from zero to 100 or you write down a bunch of numbers. And I think that's the difference between an illustration and a drawing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the difference between really not caring and feeling like, yeah, this is used for everybody. And, oh, that's my illustration, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's, you know, it's it's ink on, on a piece of glass, yep. right? But it's it's a personalization. And I think from a learning perspective, it improves the adoption of strategies. Mm-hmm. I, I hear all the time from folks that work within your company about clients who are excited about an idea. Mm-hmm. Is that common? Yeah, I think if they get it, they do. Um the, the there's certain ideas market volatility. Try to explain that to somebody. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up. You know, it's like okay, every picture every for everybody's going to be different slightly. If I want to share a reality with somebody, it has to be visual. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking at the same thing. We have some similar point of reference, and and most advisors are presenting something, assuming the person gets it. Person's probably like, I, I kind of get it, I guess, but I'm, I'm not going to ask a question. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's a ga- it's a game changer if you do it well. And, and and I would also tap into this. I think that I think that there's a very large population of client that is not willing to say, I don't understand what you're saying. 
or I mean, but how many of them are not going to understand it if you draw it? I mean, it's, here's here's some stats we pulled on this: is it improves the adoption of strategies in large part because there's four different learning styles that people have. One of them being visual. We know that the primary pe- people don't only have one because if you only had one, that means you could only learn through audio. You can only learn through visual, mm-hmm. whatever. You could only learn experiential. But we know that for 65% of people, their most dominant learning style, some some people say 75%, is their most dominant learning style is visual. And you're putting a big old spreadsheet in front of them, mm-hmm. right? And and you might call oh, these are visual. Yeah, but even then they, they're not personal. They, yeah. they don't they don't feel like they're experiential mm-hmm. at all. Uh, so I, I would say this, this is a funny thing I heard advisor say once is the uh, when it comes to financial planning and finances, the book is not better than the movie. Explain that. Meaning if if I'm sitting here reading it and I can see it and feel it visually, right. give me that. Like I can make a decision off of you illustrating and bringing me okay. into a process and helping me feel it versus passing over a 30 page document saying, Hey, good luck. Have right. fun. Yeah. So, you know, for all you readers out there that would fight to the death because movies better, you know, books better than a movie in our world, it's the opposite. Yeah. The movie's always better than the movie's the book. always better than the book. Yeah. 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 Um, so talk to me about how many strategies in an in initial meeting, maybe that you go, I mean, is it 15 strategies you're trying to share with people? I mean, how many strategies? Do you need to share in a meeting for them to go? Wow, that's that's interesting. Or that you know, that's I'm excited about what's going to happen going forward. Do you have to have three hour meetings with thirty illustrations? No, it's it's two to four. You know, if I can, I'll even kind of pull it back if I feel like I've gotten the aha moment a few times in there, or like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, like I'm not trying to you know overwhelm them with ideas. I want right. to let those linger. Um, and I, I think if you're listening, and when I first started thinking about it this way, it seemed hard. It, I I didn't know enough. I couldn't answer it all on the fly, but it just took repetition. It took me practicing in there by myself with a few ideas. How would I draw this out? What, what questions would I get? Preparation's big. You know, take your sport seriously. You know, and this is our business because you have to get reps to get better at it. So start doing it tomorrow, and then just improve it as you go. Yeah, I do think that the the materials that you know wherever you're getting your basic materials from. You could just replicate what is on those materials, but you use it on the whiteboard and just, it's interesting to me that that the more authentic feeling, uh, that's going to build trust. So sometimes taking that really polished, you know, print off and sliding across the table can do you more harm mm-hmm. versus, you know, do you mind if I, you know, I'm just going to draw this out for us real quick so we'll make sure mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're both seeing and understanding this. Something that that our advisors in, in our network have, have really latched onto and found a lot of success in is the idea that ideas are more powerful than products. So if you're if you're really if you see your value in that like I, I communicate ideas versus I sell products, the ideas will then sell products. But I love this idea that ideas travel faster and further than products. Talk a little bit about the, the this idea that Sharing an idea with someone will grow your business faster than selling a product to them will grow your business, which sounds counterintuitive. Oh, yeah. My best two referrals recently in the last two months came because of cost segregation strategy. I'm not the CPA that does it, but I illustrated it to one client, prospect that became a client, told a couple of his friends about it, and now they're becoming clients. That client did not talk about the uh, joint investment account we opened last week because he's like, the money's just moving. Like what, what is there to talk about yet? We haven't even had a lot of performance for him yet. 
we didn't close an insurance case that he's even excited about. Like it was the idea around a tax strategy that he says, Hey, you guys, they almost took a little pride in it. Like, Hey, look what I'm doing. This is creative and it, you know, makes me look good, but also, Hey, this could help you. I want to share this because I feel like I have, you know, we're friends. There's a, there's a obligation almost. Why would I keep this a secret? Right. So ideas are wildfire. Yeah. So I think the challenge for you listening is ask yourself a question, are you sharing ideas? Are you just sharing products? Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a level of trust you have to have in the client that they're not going to, and you say this about, if if they were gonna go take it and go do it on their own, they were gonna do that anyway. And so you might as well just bless them and say, you know, go you know, have at it. Mm -hmm. But, But you are very generous with ideas, and we encourage the advisors in our network to be generous with their ideas. And and the most common thing that I know you've heard it, but our advisors say, is that clients will say, "No one's ever explained it to me that way." Mm-hmm. I knew about it. I remember one time it was early on in a company. I said, "Give me an example of something you explained to people that they go, I knew about that, but no one ever explained it that way." And you, this was the four different types of long term care, I mm-hmm. think policies or something. Was yeah, it? yeah. I mean, that was over a year ago, and I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I really do. You're yeah. like, I was like, oh, I'm 44, and I knew about long-term care, but I didn't know about these. And it took you, I don't know, 90 seconds mm-hmm. to explain those. Yeah. And then that person says, well, I don't even know if I need this right now, but at least I understand my options. Mm-hmm. And people who understand their options are much more likely to say yes to those options. Oh, yeah. Right. And we do, and we, I will not do that meeting over and over again for somebody if they're not a client. They get about two of those. So I'm going to be generous, but also I have to run a good business. Once they become a client, that is their normal. Every meeting is a strategy meeting. We come with new ideas. It's very collaborative. But I would I would be generous with your ideas, but run a good business. And, and so find that line. Yeah, use those ideas to close the business. That's right. Right. Don't uh, get in this this loop of free ideas and meetings forever. You know, you got to, at some point you have to say, I know I'm valuable and here's what it looks like to engage if you want to keep doing this. Right. And for me, that's one, two, so let's and land let's know. land the plane there which is what what can you do within presenting ideas within the, the context of quantifying those ideas. Let's just say you shared three ideas in a meeting. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're all still on the board because our board's big enough that you can leave them on the board. And you've circled, you've written an amount, hey that's that's maybe over the next 10 years that's maybe 75,000 of savings and over here that's 25 and there's 40 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you sit back then in the meeting and go, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, you know, I think what, what we've seen here is, you know, real potential of, you know, implementing these ideas over the next 10 years, this amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this is our first meeting. You know, you look at your watch and you know, we, we've known each other for 45 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you land the plane there? How do you move it forward to say, you know, I have more of that or now, now we need to implement and this is what this looks like. How, how do you take them from great ideas to, Y- yes, legacy investments. Here's my check for planning. That's right. Uh, if it's the first meeting, I'll set the expectation that, hey, we're going to follow up with you and ask for some additional information so we can further refine these ideas for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I'll even say, you know, if, if I were you, I'd need more than this to make a decision. Wow. And I want, I want to give you more of that. Um, I'll say whether you work with us or somebody else, this is the kind of experience I want for you. So if you, if you meet with other advisors, I hope it feels this way. And I'll say, you know, in an hour, we just saved you $60,000 with two ideas. Imagine what I could do with 12 months. People want us to be really confident. Yeah. But also not desperate. You know, it's like whether you work with us or somebody else, like this is really important for you to know. 
And we had a client, this was a month ago. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on a prior podcast, but he, I was in the meeting with Bard on our team, director of planning in our group. And we had this long meeting, did all these cool things, you know, probably kept it under an hour still. And he looked and he said, you would think I was stupid if I didn't hire you today. And I was like, well, I mean, that's your timing. And Bard, who's new to our, <laughs> new to our team. I was, I'm waiting to see what Bard said. Bard <laughs> who's did. new to our team, but has run a CPA practice for years. So he's a confident guy. Uh, he saw me being hesitant and he jumped in and was like, well, I don't think he'll say it, but I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> and the client I was like, yeah, prospect laughed and, uh, but it was the point he was like, I think everybody in the room's thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, it, you know what? We had that happen with our client, one of our, one of our, uh, advisors, and it was, uh, David, he said, David or Tony, uh, one of the, one of the advisors in our community, he said, um, I think I just asked for a win of the week. He said, I presented an $8,000 plan to somebody. And as I went to go start to explain it, because they had already had the the introductory meeting and he presented it. And then he said, here it is. And he's like, I went to go kind of walk through it all because I could just feel in the room, they were just ready. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, so does this look good? And, and, he, and they were said, yep, looks good. good. It was like the shortest meeting ever. That's great. I mean, they had the introductory meeting like you talked about. Yep. And then, you know, the next meeting was, here's the proposal. And yep. they, you know, kind of skipped through to the last part and he looks at what's the amount. That's right. And 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 I think it was I think it was David maybe David yeah. anyway one of this is like I just could feel that we're just ready and so Good. I just said nice. so you, you guys have any questions you're ready to go and yeah. they're like we're ready to go like, nice okay here we go yeah, limiting beliefs would cause you to over explain it or you know Absolutely. the silence would make you feel like you know a, a drop in confidence but yeah. yeah the more reps you get you're like we know who we are we're really good at this we're confident in what we're about to deliver we don't have to deliver it all tomorrow. Meaning, I have twelve months now to research, come yeah. back with ideas. Yeah. Like they are, we are welcoming them into a process, not yeah. this golden, you know, one idea tomorrow. That now that they've paid us, uh, but I love that story. I mean, that's and that that is that will continue to happen more and more when you just get confident in the process. You know that you can deliver. Absolutely. So we want to encourage you that uh, to, to obviously keep listening to the show. We want to give you more really practical things like this in order to implement in your practice. Uh, into your business, into your systems, uh, into yourself. Uh, you know, you are the product. Your ideas. Uh, I was literally in the office this morning, kind of hanging out in your office, working on some stuff. And I heard you talking with Chris about, "Hey, here's an idea." You, you printed off this article, and you're like, "Hey, here's a little tweak on an idea that we're working on." And Chris is like, "Oh, that's interesting." And and again, it's just about ideas. It's about tweaking and getting better at your ideas. And when you do that and you share them generously and you have a system for doing that, you're not always giving everything away for free because your ideas have value, uh, that that it can lead really true to a, to a truly different level of planning and a level of client experience. And we think that primarily begins, I think, with whiteboarding. Yeah. I think whiteboarding is a superpower and it's fascinating how many people don't use it. So if you don't use it, start using it. And if you have any other questions, always reach out to us. Uh, Stan, as always, thanks for your time. Thanks, brother. So after hearing today's episode, are you going to unlock the power of whiteboarding? If you're interested in becoming better at whiteboarding, if you're interested in improving your closing rate for your planning clients, if you're interested in growing your business, then I want to invite you to go to stenmorgan.com slash E-A-N to apply to join our elite advisor network. Also, if you have access to the podcast app, then we really, really would love for you to go leave us an honest review on that app. It really helps other people find the show and helps us know if we're doing a good job or not. As always, thanks for listening. We appreciate you.